Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number seven, the last one of this week for Friday, November 2. This has been an awesome week, an awesome lesson. Man, it has really affected the way I see myself as a Christian, myself as a pastor, and my churches. I hope that it has impacted you in a very positive way uh, to be active, to be practical, to embrace these lessons and not just simply say, oh, that was very nice, but actually say, man, I need to do that. I see it. That has to become part of my experience. And I'm going to finish this lesson uh, in a more abbreviated way. Um, I'm just going to read one or two sentences from a paragraph in Friday's lesson. And I'm going to share with you a beautiful mission story that um, I think speaks to both of my churches, Monroe and Oakwood, but in a special way to the Oakwood Church. And this is what what I want to read to you. Um, This liberality on the part of the believers was a result of the outpouring of the Spirit. And liberality is here used as a word for for, um, a... um, Generosity, sorry. Liberality was synonymous to generosity. The converts to the gospel were of one heart and of one soul. One common interest controlled them. The success of the mission entrusted to them, and covetousness had no place in their lives. The converts to the gospel were of one heart and of one soul, and one common interest controlled them. The success of the mission entrusted to them, And because this one thing controlled their minds, the success of the mission, covetousness had no place in their lives. You know, that's the the antidote, like we said earlier in the week. The antidote against covetousness is the poor. And not just the, the financial poor, the materially poor, but Jesus says the spiritually poor as well. Um, and the church has been entrusted with the rich, limitless, bountiful treasure of the grace of God, the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ. And so we have now a, a great opportunity to eradicate covetousness from our hearts, from our families, and from our churches. And like I said, this lesson speaks um, in a very, very direct way to both of my churches, uh, but in a special sense to Oakwood Church. Um, you may not know this. I didn't know that until about a year and a half of being in the church and listening to stories when it dawned on me. Um, our church is the American version of the mission story in this Sabbath school lesson entitled, Our Church is Schools. That is what it's the title of it. Our Church is Schools. And the reason I say that Oakwood in a special way um, resonates with this story, this mission story, is because long before the sanctuary, the beautiful sanctuary that we have existed, our church met in the gym of our school, which means that our church was so passionate about the mission, the mission field of our children, that it chose, it willingly, voluntarily chose to forfeit having this nice sanctuary to first having a school. And where would we have worship in the gym? So they would pull out chairs, fold them out every Sabbath and make the, the auditorium there, the little stage, the platform there, the area for the pulpit and set up sound system and after every church service tear it down because hey school will be here on monday and so uh, oakwood in a very real sense um, did not see a distinction 
and still does not see a distinction between the school and the church, the church and the school, as the title of this mission story is, Our Church is Schools. And this is uh, Milton Das. I think that's where they got the, the title from, from a statement uh, Pastor Das has in this, this mission story in which it says that, he says, Our church in Bangladesh is basically schools. Education is the strongest medium to reach the people of Bangladesh. Where there is a church, there is a school. Isn't that beautiful? You want to establish a church in Bangladesh? Build a church with a school. And it will become a tremendous, tremendous mission outlet, a light to shine. It gives some of the history in that country. Um, a, a church member, Lal Gopal Mukherjee and his wife Grace Kellogg uh, began this work uh, years ago in the year 1906 is when uh, a mission was established there. And today there's Adventist schools that are thriving in this country. There's 162 million people there. Um, there are 10,000 students attending 174 village schools, 10 city schools, and nine boarding schools. Check out these stats. About 60 to 70 percent of the students are non-Adventist. Just you hear that? 60 to 70 percent of the students are not Adventist, and the figure rises to 99 percent in city schools, such as the Dhaka Adventist Pre-Seminary School, which teaches 1,535 students in the country's capital. So, out of those 1,500 students. 1% is Adventist, 99% are non-Adventist, which means that through these children, the, the influence of Jesus Christ, the influence of his Bible can reach homes that would not be reached by our standard evangelistic um, efforts. This is the, the, the cry from the field. There are many more children waiting to go to our schools, waiting, hoping to go to our schools. And there's something about the leadership in this part of the world. It says that the Bangladesh Union Mission that covers the tuition costs of 3,000 underprivileged children a year through partnerships with the General Conference, Adventist supporting ministries such as Asian Aid, and the Adventist Development and Relief Agency, also known as ADRA. 3,000 students are receiving help, and the only way that these funds are available to them is because of our tithe, because of our faithfulness to, of, of our tithe. Um, it says that the, the, the leader that is um, giving this report, Mr. Das himself, he received 16 years of Adventist education after an Australian woman paid his monthly tuition cost through Asian aid. For 16 years, this woman in Australia was compelled to immunize herself against covetousness and that vaccine came in the form of Pastor Das. For 16 years, month after month, she paid for his tuition, and he is now a church leader, passionate about other children having the same education that changed his life. And he said that 90% of the local church leaders were sponsored as children. You know what that means? It means that in this part of the world, these 90% of these leaders would be non-existent had we not provided the funds to have them sponsored. Through ADRA, through Asian Aid, through the General Conference, if our tithe money would have invested in the things that here in the West 
are, are beckoning, pressuring, uh, in, infecting us with the virus of covetousness. Had we not fought that and chosen to be faithful with our tithe, these funds would not have been available so that 90% of the local church leadership would be non-existent. Now I'm going to finish saying this. Uh, the last part says, Shovarani Bayen, 76, a retired school teacher, told of how she saw Adventist education change the lives of the Santali people living near Bangladesh's border with Myanmar. She said the people were nothing more than scant cloths to cover their genitals and ate all the living creatures, including snails, rats, cats, and dogs. When she first arrived in the area with her husband evangelist Narotom Bayen in the early 1960s, the adults had no desire to live differently. But when we opened the church school, Bayen said, many of those children are now church workers, pastors, and evangelists. This is an amazing uh, cause and effect. We see this beautiful result of schools being opened. But that school was not opened because Sister Rani and her husband um, had the funds to open a school. Where do you think the money to open that school came from? Where do you think the money came to open and create and build this school so that now, whereas before there were individuals that lived a very limited life, could now experience being transformed to being church workers, pastors, and evangelists through a school? You know, we have kids that would like to come to our school as well at Oakwood. And for many of them, the obstacle is finances. And it is our generosity, the immunization against covetousness that can transform the life of a child that wants to attend Christian school. Would you be willing to do that? And what I'm trying to say is not what even Satan will try to say. Well, then don't give your tithe. You send your tithe to here. And if you don't send your tithe, then that means that schools in India don't get built. So we are robbing the mission field. We are robbing either way. God needs both. And you need both, really. But that means I cannot buy myself this. I can't get new boots. I can't get new this. I can't upgrade that. Listen, eventually God can provide means for you to do some of these things. But you may not get to do a lot of those things. And that's why it's called sacrificial giving. We in America are, are used to giving of our surplus. We will donate clothes we don't wear anymore. Would you be willing to give one that you do wear? We're willing to give away cars that don't work anymore. Would you give one that does? Those are the things that we grapple with in our country. And these mission stories are so valuable. They begin bring to our attention the fact that what Jesus said is true. We will always have the poor with us. And that is not a curse if we choose to choose the path of generosity instead of the path of covetousness. So let us not harden our hearts to the appeals to be faithful in our tithes and our offerings. Our tithes will be used so that schools in Bangladesh and in other parts of the world, and as we see this quarter, um, some in Malaysia and Brunei and Vietnam, if you watch the video, you'll see that one of our schools is terribly in need of re remodeling and repairs, and they don't have the funds. And some of that funds will come through our 13th Sabbath offering. Are you, have you committed to not going to uh, Tim Hortons or uh, Hagen dazs or wherever and 
taking that five dollars and tucking it and forgetting about it until the 13th sabbath have you have you thought of that or am i too too unwilling to even forgo a scoop of ice cream so that a child can gain an education that could change their lives you know i love that title of that mission story our church is schools and church whether you have a school or not that church is a school where you will learn the joys of generosity and to eschew, to avoid, to reject, to resist the temptation to embrace a covetous worldview. What a beautiful lesson. And like I said in a previous day this past week, Oakwood and Monroe have a wonderful opportunity of joining the Village Church in a, going on a mission trip next March. And I'm going to ask that you please pray for this because this is going to be a very special opportunity in which our church, both churches, will be able to choose to be immunized against covetousness by giving of the blessings that we have so that others may receive a blessing that they're praying for, a blessing that they're desperately in need of. In both ways, they will be blessed and so will we. So this week, our, our Sabbath school is not asking us to learn more, but to change more, to become more and more like the early church. And it closes with a wonderful appeal be faithful. Be faithful in your tithes and offerings. It's not about money, it's about people. It's about people being changed, people being brought into contact with Jesus Christ, and you, my friend, staying with a heart that resembles the heart of Jesus, a heart that is willing to give.